Get informed, get inspired, and get connected. CannabisRadio.com presents NCIA's Cannabis Industry Voice. The National Cannabis Industry Association is the only national trade organization representing the businesses of the legal cannabis industry. NCIA's Cannabis Industry Voice covers a range of topics, including the rapidly evolving political and policy changes that affect our industry, news and events of importance to cannabis professionals, and features on companies, individuals, and campaigns at the cutting edge of the cannabis industry. NCIA's Cannabis Industry Voice begins now. Hello, thank you for tuning in to NCIA's Cannabis Industry Voice on Cannabis Radio. I'm your host, Bethany Moore, and today I'm happy to welcome Shanita Penny from the Minority Cannabis Business Association. Welcome, Shanita. It's nice to talk to you today. Hi, Bethany. All right. Well, for those who have not heard you in previous episodes with our government relations team, let's get to know you. Uh, Tell me a bit about your background and what you were doing in the world prior to wading into this cannabis industry and movement. Sure. My background is in supply chain management and IT. Uh, I was working in project management prior to transitioning my company to serve cannabis, uh, to serve the cannabis industry. And I have provided uh, business consulting services for a number of uh, cannabis companies, everything from startups, folks applying for licenses in states like Maryland and Pennsylvania, uh, to ancillary companies that are looking for help with process improvement or marketing. Gotcha. So kind of a little bit of IT back in the day is what you were mentioning. IT, process chain management, that's really high level business stuff. Oh, yeah. <laughs> um, so then I, 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 you mentioned you started transitioning to using those skills to support those who are entering the cannabis industry. What sparked your passion for cannabis? And meaning, did you stumble into this or do you have a particular passion that really brought you into this movement? I did not stumble at all. I was very intentional. Uh, In 2013, I started looking at, uh, you know, software companies that were servicing the cannabis industry, Uh, but I was already working for myself and I didn't think that that was the best way for me personally uh, to approach, uh, you know, transitioning into cannabis. My passion for cannabis stems from a long time relationship with the plant. Um, it started uh, much younger than I than I like to share, uh, having the <laughs> knowledge that I have now. Um, but uh, it was something that as I got older, I was able to learn more about the health and wellness benefits. And so, um, again, I, I started using cannabis at a very young age and I, I never looked back. So in 2013, you know, I've been in uh, corporate America and I was, you know, working for myself at that point and decided that I wanted to try my hand in the cannabis industry. Yeah. 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 I, I think I really found cannabis when I was a freshman in college. So I like to tell people, you know, well, 18 years and counting. <laughs> um, <laughs> um, yeah, that's great. All right. So now, um, you're the president of the Minority Cannabis Business Association, the MCBA. Tell us how you got into this role. When the Minority Cannabis Business Association was 
founded in 2016, I immediately joined. Um, I think their campaign started on 420. I joined that day. Um, and it was after having been in the industry for over a year and, you know, advocating and, and doing all of the work or attempting to do all of the work that they were doing um, as an individual. Uh, sometimes, you know, it wasn't in line with what my clients needed. And so I found myself torn. Uh, when I saw the MCBA, uh, you know, asking for members to join, it was like a dream come true. And uh, again, I, I joined that day in 2016, and here we are almost two years to the day um, later. And I, I quickly joined the board, uh, and from there have, you know, moved into leadership. Um, last year, when our founder and president uh, stepped down, um, I was serving as the vice president. And so it was a natural transition. Um, and I'm excited to do this work. Yeah, that's great. Um, yeah, it's been wonderful to see MCBA not only become established two years ago, as you mentioned, but continue to grow. Um and gain new members and there's a few different membership levels people can choose from. So why, why don't you tell me a little bit more about MCBA, the mission, the focus this year and, and just how MCBA works? Sure. Well, our mission is to create equal access and economic empowerment for cannabis businesses, their patients and the communities most affected by the war on drugs. And we focus on three major areas, economic empowerment, where we are working to increase the number and success of minority business owners and career professionals, um, social justice. So we are assisting in reducing the number of people imprisoned with nonviolent cannabis offenses mm -hmm. and also ensuring people with those nonviolent cannabis offenses have fair access to the industry. Uh, and finally, our patient and consumer uh, our patient and consumer awareness focus uh, is around increasing knowledge in minority communities on how cannabis can be an effective medicine as well as a safe consumer good. Wonderful. You know, it, it reminds me a little bit. Um, I sort of made my entry into the cannabis industry about. Oh, I want to say 2002, 2003. Um, and I had met someone that was working for a very niche organization at the time called the Interfaith Drug Policy Initiative. Um, it was literally a one or two man show. It was it was not even as robust as the MCBA is. Um, but one of their strategies was to go to um, like Southern Baptist communities and educate them about how cannabis has impacted their communities in a way that it is not stigmatized, but to get them to understand that decriminalization, I think, was was our battle cry back in the early 2000s. Oh, yeah. Um, yeah, decriminalization. Now, now we have the power of the word legalization. Um, but it, it's interesting how you go meet the needs. Anyway, that was a little bit of a side conversation there. But it's yeah, that's wonderful. Um, so this year we're gonna we're gonna talk more about MCBA and NCIA National Cannabis Industry Association and how we're gonna continue to work together into the future. Um, and we're gonna come back from the commercial in a couple minutes and and do a bit of a deep dive about these racial disparity issues and issues that we can things that we can actually do to address these issues. So I'm looking forward to talking more about that with you 
And for the for the listeners, could you go over the different types of membership levels that MCBA has and what those memberships look like? Sure. So we have both individual and company memberships. Our individual memberships are uh, serious, advocate, and the devoted level. So that ranges from $50 to $250. And what you're going to get with those memberships are access to our educational resources, access to our networking events, and also connectivity in, t- in terms of our, our um opportunity summits, our health summits, and our policy summit that we help, that we hold every year. Our company memberships range from the silver, gold, and platinum levels. Our silver and gold members, are, their logos are on our website. Uh, they have access to our uh, educational resources as well. Uh, and they also have the opportunity to sponsor our events at a discount cost. Our platinum level company members are um, based on a a value, a trade value. And so we have members like Hoban Law Group who helped us put on our first Opportunity Summit this year. So uh, these are our company partners that are dedicated to providing uh, the MCBA with the resources to uh, execute our mission. That's fantastic. All right. Um, so before we go to commercial break, um, let's, uh, could you share the website URL for those that want to just log on right now while they're listening? Absolutely. www.minoritycannabis.org is where you'll find us on the internet. Uh, and you can also find us on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook. Great. And you are based in the D.C., Maryland, Baltimore area yourself. Is that correct? Yes. But Great. we are a national organization. Our board members span uh, across the country, and we are looking to engage members from across the country. Awesome. Great. Okay. So if you want to get involved, log on to www.minoritycannabis.org. And we're going to take a quick commercial break before we come back and talk more with Shanita. So please stay tuned to NCIA's Cannabis Industry Voice on Cannabis Radio. NCIA's Cannabis Industry Voice will return once we give a voice to our sponsors. Introducing 420 Cloud, ignited by MSIG, one of the fastest growing social apps around. The only app you'll need for all things cannabis. Find the latest cannabis news, videos, and stories, ranging from business and tech to sports and medicine. Start your career in cannabis by seeking, identifying, and applying for jobs through our expansive listings. For businesses, 420cloud.com features a full-scale cross-channel network, monetizing high traffic for big data conversion and analytics. Download 420 Cloud now from the iTunes Store or Google Play. MSIG.com is a publicly listed company on the OTC, symbol MCIG. At Alternative Vibes, our core values of quality, loyalty, respect, and honesty guides us in our mission to help families find peace and harmony through our products and services. Whether you are looking for a more natural way of living, shopping essential oils, topicals, and edibles, or searching for a path towards achieving your goals, we are your choice. Learn more about our complete line of natural products and solutions at AlternativeVibes.com. Bringing quality of living to life. AlternativeVibes.com. 
Cannabis concentrates have been around for thousands of years. In 19th century America, extracts mixed with other herbs were sold as a miracle cure. Now, Apex Supercritical has elevated the science of extraction into the 21st century. Apex Supercritical is the leader in CO2 extraction, which is the cleanest, safest, and purest way to extract plant oils. ROI in as little as three weeks. Our cost-effective systems are fully automated with an industry-leading three-year warranty. And if we don't have your system in stock, we can build one in as little as four weeks. Bringing CO2 extraction to the masses. Learn more at apeksupercritical.com. Four-week build excludes high production systems. Look at how people are transforming cannabis from the shadows of the black market into a cash crop that draws in cannabis from Hollywood to Wall Street. Lewis Goldberg and Ann Donahue prove the green rush is real. Wednesdays on demand, only on CannabisRadio.com. Get informed, get inspired, and get connected with more of NCIA's Cannabis Industry Voice, only on CannabisRadio.com. All right, we are back on NCIA's Cannabis Industry Voice on Cannabis Radio. I'm your host, Bethany Moore. I'm the Communications and Projects Manager at the National Cannabis Industry Association. And today we're talking with one of our organizational partners, Shanita Penny from the Minority Cannabis Business Association. Uh, so let's let's do a deep dive. Let's start talking. We know there is a racial disparity issue in the United States, which is the the reason your organization exists is to specifically address these within the cannabis movement. So as as we know, people of color are arrested at a much higher rate than Caucasians here in this country. Let's talk more about these statistics. They're probably a little uncomfortable for a lot of people to listen to. It's completely unfair, and there's some history behind it. So, Shanita, I'll let you take a couple minutes to really tell us about this um, and explain it for those that would like more information about what's really going on here. So when we talk about prohibition of marijuana specifically, we know that um, that has targeted black and brown communities for decades now. And so what we're seeing currently are uh, arrest rates of, you know, three to four times that of, of white um, people in this country when we talk about low level can- cannabis possession. Um, mm-hmm. And we know that cannabis use between these groups are, you know, for all intents and purposes uh, about equal. And so we have to address what's been uh, done historically uh, before we can even look towards the future because this is one of the main things that will keep folks from participating in this industry, whether it's the laws uh, and, and regulations that prevent these folks from participating in the industry or whether it's the stigma in our communities because of this um, that have, you know, black and brown people um, not wanting to put themselves out there and, you know, even explore the opportunities that are available to them, whether we're talking employment um, or ownership or even using cannabis as a medicine. Mm-hmm. Right. So, so not only, so there's a little bit of like a knee jerk fear, like, no way. They come after me three or four times more often than they do uh, whites. So there's no way I'm going to even try to work in the cannabis industry because I don't want to put myself out there. Do you think that's a mentality? 
oh, that is absolutely the mentality. Um, and, and then take it a step further. You know, you mentioned it earlier when you talked about, you know, Southern Baptist churches, right? Mm-hmm. Um, I grew up, I am the granddaughter of a, um, you know, pastors of a church. My father is also a minister. And so, you know, it was something that was frowned upon. Mm-hmm. You know, this was this was looked at no differently than um, heroin or cocaine even. And sure. so for me, uh, when I decided to transition from serving clients that my grandmother was, you know, so proud to tell people, you know, my daughter's <laughs> working for X, Y, Z company this month or this year um, mm-hmm. to, you know, almost not wanting to tell people what I was doing and being ashamed of it. Um you know, it, it's a it's a tough place to be in. Um, you know, what's also happening right now is that, you know, our laws are being created around this new industry uh, to prevent these people from participating. And mm-hmm. without doing anything as you create the laws to address the history, you know, we find ourselves, again, being left out. Yeah, absolutely understand that. Um Regarding the history, I mean, I think in the last year or two, the cannabis industry saw some news come out about um, the Nixon and Reagan administration both being really, they, they really went after minorities and used cannabis as a weapon, basically. I'm sure you read a little bit about that. Do you, do you have any comment on that little tidbit um, that Kate was was revealed in the last couple of years, basically. Somebody that worked for those administrations came forward and said, yep, that's a thing. That really happened. It's not a conspiracy. We really did use cannabis to go after people of color. I think it's being brought to the forefront now. I can tell you that I have personally been aware of both administrations um, targeting our communities for a while. I know that we also now have an attorney general who's looking to do the the very same thing. Um, When you spoke earlier about, you know, starting out in the early 2000s, you know, yelling decrim, 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 that was something that is now uh, being used again to almost um, miseducate, mislead the same community. And because it's probably the same types of people coming into those churches and coming into those communities and and saying this, um, we are going to find ourselves in the same situation. This time, they're not going to be throwing us in jail. Um, They're just going to be locking us out of an industry. Or Mm -hmm. you can have a situation like New York, uh, New York, where, you know, they decriminalized marijuana possession, but then the police uh, using stop and frisk uh, will, you know, frisk a person who has cannabis on them, remove it from their pocket, and now it's in plain view and they're still arresting uh, black and brown people, again, at that much higher rate mm-hmm. than any other uh, group of people. Yep, yep. Okay, so let's talk about hope for the future now. Um, so from the in- industry perspective, as we mentioned, we hinted at that there's limitations for people of color to access the resources to even join the industry. I mean, the cost of just applying for a license to have a dispensary or cultivation or processing facility, all the fees, when we know, as we just discussed, 
that people of color are the most impacted. So there's these barriers in place. So let's talk a little bit more about these issues and how we can work to fix the gap. And specifically, I I think I like what we're seeing in Massachusetts and then what happened in Maryland regarding how the licenses were awarded and to whom. So if we look at Maryland, a couple years ago, they had an application process. They, first of all, the regulations um, were for 15 cultivators to serve the entire state of Maryland. Uh, With a, a cap of 15, you are asking, you know, businesses to serve a large Uh, portion of the population and so you had no room for small business if you will so those 15 uh, licenses were awarded to uh, no people of color when I think about people very wealthy (laughs) people and uh, and people that were very well connected and Mm -hmm. connected to people that probably shouldn't have any interest in the cannabis industry in this state because of their, you know, uh, political uh, affiliations and and roles with the state government. Mm, Fair. Yep. And so you look at a state like Maryland, where a third of the population is black, you've got three of the wealthiest black communities in this country. And and you think there's got to be some, you know, qualified black applicants. Well, they were there were and they were shut out. And so here we are years later, and we now have some uh, legislation that will allow 20 more licenses, and there will be some uh, that will be given to uh, minority applicants. But again, you've had you know folks that have been in business now for close to a year as we approach this summer when the first business was was licensed uh, mm-hmm. for operations and it's it's not fair that they are coming into this market uh, as an underdog purely from a, a the standpoint of not having um, the same starting uh, time right right mm-hmm yep so Massachusetts did did a positive thing though they they didn't have the delays um, as they did in Maryland. Massachusetts actually wrote in that a certain percentage or a number of people of color are required to be awarded licenses. What I really, really like about Massachusetts is their diversity in the types of businesses that they're going to license. I think that in itself lends itself to an inclusive industry. And so when you look at Massachusetts um, doing things like their social equity and uh, economic empowerment, they are also looking at having licenses that lend themselves to uh, smaller businesses and some of the businesses that uh, people of color and folks that have operated, you know, before licensed operations, um, you know, can transition to to very uh quickly. And so when you talk Great. about the, the the delivery licenses and some of the um, craft licenses that uh, legislators are looking at now, I think that in itself, again, lends itself to um, diversity and inclusion. And, and when I talk about diversity, I mean, economic diversity um, is necessary as well. Uh-huh. Yep. Yep. Well, um, we have to 
jump onto a commercial break real quick, but we'll be right back to wrap up our conversation. And, um, you know, there's the future is looking a little bit brighter. So hopefully as these other states look to legalize, they'll take all these considerations seriously from the start and unlike Maryland, not as an afterthought. Um, So we got to go to commercial. We'll be right back. Stay tuned. NCIA's Cannabis Industry Voice will return once we give a voice to our sponsors. Introducing Blue Moon CBD, straight from the bluegrass of Kentucky. With our special nano emulsion process, you'll not only get the best CBD available, you'll get more of it. Not all CBD is the same. It's your body. It's your choice. Get relief from inflammation, anxiety, and stress. Go to www.bluemoonhemp.com and use code HEMP420 for a 20% discount on your order. Balance your body. Balance your life. Make it Blue Moon CBD. The smoke is rising, and the next crop of podcasts devoted to cannabis providers and enthusiasts are ready to be harvested. Welcome to the Cannabis Radio Network, founded by respected rainmakers who have been producing award-winning podcasts for over a decade. Industry headlines, business updates, medical reports, marketing, and e-commerce education rolled up perfectly for your consumption. Let's grow together. The Cannabis Radio Network. CannabisRadio.com Ignite the conversation on some trending topics along the Cannabis Radio social media network. Join our crew of thousands on our Cannabis Radio page on Facebook or at Canna Radio, C-A-N-N-A Radio on Twitter. Plus, look for our Facebook and Google Plus pages for all of our original programs and connect with Dr. Dina, Kyle Cushman, Dr. Mitch Earlywine, Nurse Heather, Doc Rob, the hosts of Gondrepreneur, and more. Connect with the growing Cannabis Radio social crusade at Canna Radio on Twitter or search for Cannabis Radio on Facebook, Google Plus, and Instagram and grow with us. Dr. Eileen Carfinger focuses on a diverse range of serious health issues and presents views ranging from those of patients and their loved ones to those of researchers and medical professionals. Empire, every Wednesday on demand, only on CannabisRadio.com. Get informed, get inspired, and get connected with more of NCIA's Cannabis Industry Voice, only on CannabisRadio.com. Okay, we are back wrapping up our conversation here with Shanita from the Minority Cannabis Business Association. Uh, So let's talk about what we're doing this year. MCBA, you're partnering up with the National Cannabis Industry Association again this year. In the past, uh, we've offered scholarships for MCBA members and supporters to attend NCIA's major industry conferences and expos, which are pretty high cost to get into. It's definitely not a cheap ticket. Um, So we've done this in an effort to support minority participation and access to the industry. So we're doing that again this year, yeah? Absolutely. We are offering 30 scholarships uh, for the NCIA Cannabis Business Summit, and we are looking forward to bringing some of the country's top startups and entrepreneurs um, that happen to be people of color. That's great. Look forward to meeting them this summer in San Jose, California. Um, And that conference website, for those interested, is www.com. 
cannabisbusinesssummit.com. And if you're an MCBA member or you're interested in becoming an MCBA member and you're interested in the scholarships, you can reach out to MCBA to find out what that process is for applying. Um, And then what's more exciting, just recently we've announced that MCBA will be supporting NCIA's eighth annual Cannabis Industry Lobby Days. So for the eighth year in a row, we're going to Capitol Hill in D.C. We're bringing hundreds of cannabis industry professionals and business owners to knock on the doors of members of Congress and talk to them and their staff about our issues as industry owners. Um, so MCBA is going to be supporting that effort. Let's talk about that. Tell me what. Tell me how this is all going to roll out. Well, this year we are inviting our individual members to participate in uh, NCIA's Lobby Days, May 21st through the 23rd. Our individual members will have an opportunity to experience the value of NCIA membership. And we will also be encouraging our company members to join NCIA so that they too can advocate for our industry. That's great. Thank you. Yeah. Um, it's important to have as much participation in this advocacy work as possible. And when we all come together, hands locked together in step as many communities coming together as one cannabis community, I think that's just going to be even more powerful. Um, so, yes, as you said, it's May 21st, 22nd and 23rd. It is right around the corner it's, it's going to be a fantastic year to go do this with um, some of the pivotal things that have been taking place, everything from Attorney General Jeff Sessions rescinding the Cole memo to at least us getting some medical protections included in the budget, I mean, at least through this fall, the end of September. It's a good start. Um, so it's going to be an important year for all of the voices to come together. Um, of course, NCIA's Lobby Days is restricted to those who are NCIA members or through this partnership with the Minority Cannabis Business Association. Um, so obviously we're really excited and happy to have this important partnership with MCBA and we're really looking forward to a great relationship going forward. So thanks so much for working with us, Shanita. Absolutely. And while Jeff Sessions and Donald Trump don't seem to be on the same page, I think it's imperative that the industry appears united and unified as we engage our political leaders. Agreed. Agreed. Um, Okay. So again, for those that want more information about the Minority Cannabis Business Association. Uh, Shanita Penny is the president, and the website is minoritycannabis.org. So as we're wrapping up the show here, we've got maybe 30 seconds or a minute. Is there anything else you wanted to share with the audience? You know, one of the main points I uh, want to make to folks is that this industry doesn't exist without advocacy and we need you. We need you to join the Minority Cannabis Business Association as well as the National Cannabis Industry Association. Thank you so much, Bethany. 
Hey, thank you, Shanita. It's great talking to you. And as I said to you in previous conversations, I'm from Maryland. I was an activist with uh, medical patient groups in the early and mid-2000s and made no progress. So <laughs> many years later, you know, over a decade le- later, seeing what's going on in Maryland and watching like even a, a person I went to high school with now works for one of the dispensaries. It's a beautiful thing. It's it's a small world and, and the last thing I would say is sometimes progress takes a long time. Um, <laughs> oh but, yeah. But um, we wouldn't get as far as we have gotten without every single person that's participated in this industry. So thank you again for joining us and thanks to everybody here for tuning in to NCIA's Cannabis Industry Voice. Until next time. The opinions expressed on this CannabisRadio.com program are those of the guests and hosts and do not necessarily reflect those of the staff and management of CannabisRadio.com. Any rebroadcast or redistribution without proper consent of CannabisRadio.com is prohibited.